us up by the Spirit. Amen. 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 Reading at least the first part of our apology again. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because in our weakness we can do nothing good without you. Give us the help of your grace and in keeping your commands. We may please you both in will and do you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's important, I thought, to um, sort of start with that. Uh, to remind us again, uh, because what happens in, in when, you, when we read little snippets of the Bible each week is uh, these things build on each other, and oftentimes then when they're read separately, this sounds a whole lot like this is a lot of you shoulds, right? You should do this, uh, which isn't bad in and of itself. So long as we don't forget why we should do the things that we should do, and this is all going back to the fact that there's a new kingdom of God that's burst forth into the world, repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and, and come. And Jesus begins to gather his disciples and apostles and, and walk around, and people are healed, and he teaches, and demons are cast out, and indeed the kingdom of God is, is proclaimed. And then he goes up, and he calls his disciples to him, and he says, blessed are you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger, there's the rice. Blessed are those who mourn, they should be comforted on And then he, then he begins this, this call from last week with, you're, you're the salt of the earth, right? You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Through you, this new community of God's grace and God's glory, this new radical shift um, is taking place. And then you need to be you need to be even more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees. What do you mean by being more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees? Well, I mean um, that you, you should be able to keep the law better than them. And and by that, we sort of go back again to this talk. We can't do anything apart in our in our own, um, but by the grace and love of God. What Jesus is is saying is, well, there's keeping the law, and there's keeping the law. Right? You've heard it said, you shall not kill. I tell you, even if you get angry, you're murdered. Even if you're, even if you're um, calling your brother a fool, you're committing murder. You've heard it said, um, you shall not commit adultery. I, I tell you, even if you have lust in your heart, this is, this is the part about um, divorce um, really is, is sort of ties into this. That is, don't think that you can go, I know what I'll do. I'll write a certificate of divorce. And then I'll be free. And then I won't be breaking the law. She can be mine. Right, that's what's really taking place here. We, we, we've sort of, we've sort of um, put, put our 21st century, 20th century mindset about divorce on this as opposed to um, where wives were basically property, right? Where you could just get the certificate of divorce and, and go on your way. And Jesus is saying, not only are you making this person, you not only are you breaking the law yourself, now you're making this person who's an innocent bystander basically be guilty under the law as well because of what you're doing. 
this is really, we've, we've sort of taken this, this little divorce section and plucked it out of the air and, and beat people with it for a long time. But really, this is, this is, this is, this, in this instance especially is, um, you're trying to, you're trying to get around not breaking the commandments. But let me tell you, as soon as you've devised this plan in your heart, you've broken the commandments. Right? I knew a woman who said to me before, she said, she's never cheated, but she always had her ex-boyfriend sort of lined up before she broke up with the guy before, right? And that's sort of along the same lines. It's the same type of thing. And if you, if you read through the scriptures, um, this, is, this, is, this is Jesus talking about a couple of the commandments, but basically all of them get covered through, through the scriptures. Um, in, in Mark's gospel, um, where, which talks about defilement, uh, in, Mark, in Mark 7, uh, the Pharisees are actually, actually hassling Jesus about, about um, not keeping to some of the law about washing hands and, and cleanliness and washing pots and things like that. And Jesus says, yeah, your, your hearts are, are, are far from your lips, basically. Isaiah prophesied about you. Um, you. You have all sorts of little rules, like um, while breaking the main things, like honor your father and mother. But you have, you have, you can declare your, your wealth as format, which means you can sort of give it to the temple, and you don't have to give it to take care of your parents because you've already dedicated to somewhere else. And so you have all sorts of little loophole rules all the time that are breaking the major commandments. And so that's, in, in Mark's stuff, we don't have the, we don't have, um, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Plains, so there's lots of, these, lots of these other little things that are plucked out here and there, which is basically saying the same thing. Right? And you can think of things in your own mind about the other commandments. You can think about stealing. I say, thou shalt not steal, but, but you can take someone's pride away from them. Right? You can take someone's joy away from them. When I was, when I was, uh, in second, third grade, I was at one school, and I used to draw, um, copy baseball cards, and I and I draw them and I give them to my art teacher. My art teacher would hang them on on the wall. They probably weren't very good, so I'm not very artistic. But I, you know, it was it was I, I liked to do it. I moved to new school in fourth grade, and, and when I was in art class one time, um, we were getting a new art teacher the next year. And as the old art teacher walked around with the new art teacher, she said, um, this is my worst student, as she pointed to me. Um, now, you could say that was murder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say it was, it was definitely stealing, because I don't think that, I never really felt joy in art ever again. Um, I really am not very good at it. I mean, but I like to draw, and I like to do it. It wasn't until really I, that I wrote an icon that I sort of recaptured some of that because if, if you've never written an icon, um, it's like paint by numbers, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> um, basically, and it, it, but it does, it sort of recaptures some of that joy. So you can, 
You can steal without stealing. You can murder without killing. You can commit adultery without, without doing that very deed. You can do all of the other things, right? This is what Jesus is saying. This has nothing to do with, with keeping the commandments, as, it's, as we read in our talk. Because without you, God, we can do nothing. And this is what Paul is saying this sort of very thing as well. You're missing the whole, you're missing the whole boat. Like you're worried about Paul versus the policy. He's still talking about this, still talking about this top chapters later, right? We're still dealing with the same thing because he's saying, I just gave you spiritual milk. I can't give you solid food because you, you're not mature enough in your faith to deal with it. You're still wrestling over things of this world instead of things of the Spirit of God. And because, uh, because next week is the last week of, of um, Epiphany, we sort of miss, we sort of miss next week's reading, um, reading the sixth week, where, where it ends, where it ends with, um, so we sort of continue, we ended today with, we are God's fellow workers, we are God's field, you are God's building. And it ends with, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Paul's or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or future, all are yours. You are Christ's. Christ is gone. So don't boast in things of this world. Boast because you're Christ. And that's the same thing that we have in this passage today. What, what really we're talking about is this shift of, of living into a covenant community life. When Jesus says, you are salt of the world, you're, you're salt of the earth, you're light of the world, it's, it's your bent transformed. You've been renewed. You've been called to something new, to something different, to something holy. This isn't, this isn't uh, a passage just about the things that you need to do in order now to be saved. This is about the characteristics of a new community, of a new kingdom of heaven that isn't just based on of keeping commandments or keeping laws because nobody's going to be able to keep them perfectly but about relationship with one another all of these things are relationship how are you going to be in relationship with one another how are you going to be in relationship with the world how are you going to be in relationship with a God who's come to you who's become crucified and resurrected for you how are you going to be in relationship with a with a God that's left here on earth with you, that indwells within you as the Spirit to build you up. This is what, what Jesus is talking about. Not only are we missing um, some of, the, some of the, the parts from the letter to Corinthians, um, because we're moving on into that, we're also missing sort of the next parts of the Sermon on the Mount, which talk about forgiveness. Right? Because, because it's not just you shall not type things. I tell you, you're doing these. It's when you do, go. Seek forgiveness. Go to your brother, your sister. If you have, if you've forgotten you've wronged them or they've wronged you in some way before you come to the altar and make peace. Make peace before you get to the civil courts and find yourself you know, maybe at odds with the law. 
become a transformed community. Uh, this is what this is about. I, I, I remember a, 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 preach, a preacher, I, think, I don't remember what the, it may not have done that, what the he was, but, but he's having, having trouble um, with the elders when, when he's talking about um, tithing and giving, and they said, Tithing's law. We're a grace church. And so he goes, Okay. If that's true, you're right. He says, thou, thou shalt not murder is law. You should not call your brother a fool is grace. Thou shalt not commit adultery is law. I tell you, if you looked at someone who lust, that's grace. You shall tie is law. Grace says you can give 20, 30, 50%, right? I mean, this is, there's no, there's no, um, there's no amount of generosity that you, that you could, you could give when you start throwing out law versus, versus grace. Grace is understanding that everything that we have comes from God. And the, the reality that we want to outpour everything back into the people that we are a part of. To love them the same way that God loved us. To be generous with them the same way that God's been generous with us. To be compassionate with them the same way that God's been compassionate with us. This is, this is the, what Jesus is talking about today. This is what it means to be salt of the earth and life. This is what the Christian community should look like. And again, it's important to recognize that this isn't things that we can do on our own. This is what Paul says again. This is the Spirit of God that's in you. If we're dependent upon just what I can do, I'll screw up all day long. Even with the Spirit of God, I lots of times have been like, mm, I'll go this way. Oh, wait. Sorry, I recalibrate. I should have gone that way, right? That's the beauty of, of being uh, in a forgiving and loving and grace-filled community as well. That nobody expects everybody to get it all perfect. But that the relationship that we have with one another is still the utmost important thing. That we together love one another. That we together love the world. That the world might know God's love for it. So, um, I, think, I think the perfect sort of um, wrap-up to this, this uh, sermon, I was thinking about earlier, on, on Wednesday actually, after our morning prayer, every morning prayer we end just about end with this prayer. If I can find it, Bill's going to have to tell me where it is. Um, it's the prayer that's sort of attributed to, to St. Francis, and I think it's, I think it's probably the, the perfect prayer. It's on page 1833. Because I think this is, this is really what we're, we're invited to. Um, so we're not we're not called to be deep down that we're not living um, in this world. We're not really called to cut off 
hands and pluck out eyes and all sorts of other things. But we're really called to see the importance of what it is to be instruments of God's grace and love. So let's pray. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow blood. Where there is injustice, where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to be consoled, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is to be that we may succeed. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. This, this, we are this, this is life of the world. This is salt of the earth, and all will know.